Thanks so much, Cole. Thanks so much for giving. Uh, really appreciate you joining us online today. As I said a little earlier, this is super weird for us. The auditorium is like... Uh, a set really and we've got it all set up all over the place and at this moment right now I'm staring at a camera I've got my wife here some of the guys at the back so if you hear a little amen or a shout out it's literally a handful of us in the auditorium today but we are living in really strange times and we just got to do what we need to do but we're excited for a new year as a church even though it looks different for us and I hope that you're excited and really hope that the series that we're going to be starting today okay but first is going to help prioritize some things and just set things right up front I don't know if any of you have ever seen this graphic before okay first but coffee and I think for many people especially those who are like big coffee drinkers before you can function properly as you wake up it's like okay but first I need some coffee anyone like that Okay, I'm sure there's some hands going up. I didn't actually, funny enough, grow up as a coffee drinker. My mom taught us to drink five roses tea. And it was only about five years ago that I started drinking coffee uh, because someone made me a good one. I, I'm a bit of a snob. I still won't go and like have a coffee at like some places because the beans are burnt, taste like cigarettes. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I'll have a good coffee. But I'm, I'm not really that person that has to have coffee to function. I have a, a coffee maybe a day or maybe sometimes two. But I don't need it. It's weird. I don't feel the effects of the caffeine. Some of you are saying, Hilton, you've lost your mind. We're going to pray for you. And some of you are saying, okay, first, but coffee. So part of what I'm going to speak about today is something um, I'm learning a lot about recently. Uh, this past couple of weeks, and actually the whole of last year, uh, I've been looking into some of this stuff. I read an incredible book called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And wow, it was, it was the longest book I've ever read. Uh, listen to okay I didn't actually read it but uh, I listened to it but I have this argument with my wife all the time she's like well you're not reading I'm like well it is because it's someone reading it to you you're just not reading it yourself but it was a brilliant book I've listened to a whole bunch of stuff from Craig Rochelle credible leader I've also recently listened to a guy called John Markoma I know some of you have heard of him before and he's got some incredible podcasts on what it means to rest and today that's what we're going to be looking at okay but first rest before we go to the craziness of life into this year, I know schools are kicking off. Uh, some of our kids are kicking off next week. I know some of you are only later in the month. Some of you are already back at work. And some of you are saying, man, I, I hardly even breathe. And, and now we're into the new year. So we're going to be looking, okay, but first rest. And some of you are saying, well, that doesn't make sense. We meant to have just rest already. Uh, but I'm going to help unpack this a little bit today and see what the scriptures say about it. And for me, it was such confirmation, actually, as I was preparing this, because I was flicking through social media and I came across a few graphics and uh, Link Church, who we're really friendly with, they, they're starting a series called First and they're looking at a, you know, a couple of things around prioritizing things first. And then yesterday um, I, I came across uh, Marinette, who's a pastor at Hope Church in George, amazing church down there. And she was saying, I think the Instagram graphic is up there, that her word for this year is rest. And I was like, that's amazing. And then again, across another friend of mine uh, who is a pastor, and I was thinking of calling this message Rhythms of Grace, because there's a scripture I'm going to share a little later, which uh, um, you know shares those few words. And then his post come up, and it's called Rhythms of Grace. So I was like, well, God, that's confirmation. One of the things we need to learn to do is work from a place of rest work out of rest and some of you have just come out of a holiday 
And I know that some of you don't even feel rested yet. You're like, I was just getting into it. And they actually say it takes about eight days to fully shut down and start to rest. That's why those holidays where you have the luxury of getting away for two weeks is, is really incredible. You, you get out of, you know, just the, the busyness. Or I mean, those weekends where we get away or a long weekend, those are amazing. But we don't really fully, fully rest. And they say it's literally on the eighth day that we start to really unwind. In this book I was reading, Emotionally Healthy Leader, they were saying that the pattern of our lives is work, 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 and then rest. Work, 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 and then rest. And he was saying we need to get into the rhythm where it's work, rest, work, rest, work, rest. It doesn't mean we work one day and then we take the day off the next, but learning what it means to rest even in the busyness and the craziness of life. The Ten Commandments, which we don't often refer to, uh, you know, as spirit-filled, you know, grace-filled believers, but the Ten Commandments were really given there as a guideline for the people, knowing they couldn't attain to it, but that's why they needed Jesus. But the ten, one of the Ten Commandments, it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, it doesn't mean we just disregard everything that the Old Testament ever said, but there's some aspects of it. It's not law. We don't, like, get struck down if we don't do it. But it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it as holy. It's actually a holy act to rest. It's one of the most spiritual things that you can do. And the reason why we struggle with it the most is because I think our identity is caught up in hard work. I mean, we, we do it all the time. When people ask how you do it, we're like, oh, it's just crazy. It's just nuts. Things are it's so busy. And, and we feel kind of fulfilled in saying that because it feels like we've got some purpose because we're doing something. Oh, I'm just so busy. And we get caught up, and our identity is caught up in hard work. But if you look at the beginning of the Bible, right in the beginning, literally the first few words, God has patterned this already for us. And you see God working out of rest. Night came before day. It, was, it says the earth was formless and empty. It was dark before anything else happened. Almost like it says the spirit of the earth, that God was hovering over the earth. And it was almost like out of a place of rest that he started to create. If you look here, Genesis 1, 1 to 5, and we'll just quickly read it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and the darkness covered the deep waters, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. So it was like then, only after, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light was good. Then he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And then this is quite important. Never seen this before, but it says, and then evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. So the first day was marked by evening first. You have to work out of a place of rest. That's why sleep is so important. And I love uh, some of the new apps that are coming out. And even on the iPhone, they, there's a sleep padding app, a pattern apps where it kind of monitors your sleep. And I'm one of those guys, I love eight hours of sleep. Uh, I'm not often getting those exact eight hours of, you know, I'm okay on seven. But when I'm like sleeping four or five hours, man, I can't function properly. I don't know about you, but eight hours is wonderful. And they actually say it's the hours before midnight that actually really count. But evening passed and morning came marking the first day. And then if you flick over to chapter two of Genesis, it says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. This is after creating everything. And on the seventh day, this is God. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. Listen, if God needs rest, I can guarantee you, you need rest. And God blessed the seventh day, it's a holy day, and declared it holy. 
because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So we see God patterning this for us. So guys, okay, but first, we need to rest. God patterned for us right in the beginning. For the beginning of 2021, we need to pattern this too. I think there's many things that hinder us taking rest, but especially in the world that we're living in today, in the craziness and the pace and technology. I mean, I don't know, 50 years ago, the fastest thing used to be a man on a horse, right? But now, I mean, you can get a VW Polo that can drive like 200 k's an hour. And I mean, everyone's just looking to go faster and faster. You see what testers are starting to like, you know, beat Porsches and Ferraris. It's, it's crazy. Internet speeds are getting faster and faster. And we get frustrated, you know, when it says 4G, but you know, it's working at like edge. Remember that little E that we used to see on phones? We used to, oh, it was so frustrating. And I was up in the Berg last week and you're just trying to like access something. And it says 3G, but it's not operating 3G. It, uh, I've got someone shaking their head in the auditorium because they were in the Berg last week and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like so frustrating and, and I think the pace of life is just getting faster and faster and faster and I don't know, when are we going to just slow down? And I love technology. Ask my wife. I really do. It's amazing and I love to figure everything out, know how it works. That's one of the reasons why I started the business that I did many years ago because I opened an iPhone. I just wanted to see how it worked. I did break it in the process, but then I learned how to fix them. Uh, but that's just how my mind works. And even now, beginning of the year with our medical age, you know, getting momentum to work with your running app and all this stuff, Jin's like, I can't, I just can't deal with this stuff. Like you sort it out. So I've got to sort out all these things. So technology is amazing. But I must be honest, sometimes I have this love-hate relationship with technology. And I love all the obvious things that it is for us. The fact that you right now are listening to this message because of technology. And if it wasn't because of technology, so it's not an evil thing, it's not a horrible thing, you wouldn't be hearing this right now. So don't get on this whole bandwagon and we dish everything, you know, and go back to everything analog. Technology is a great thing, okay? But we have to learn how to manage it. And these things are amazing, and I'm going to get to them in a moment, but we have to learn how to manage them. I love the fact that I can, you know, in my pocket, have a whole Bible. I remember I used to have a, well, I still have a few different versions of the Bible, but now it's all there. It's amazing. But I also hate to some degree that it ends up owning us. Technology ends up owning us. It, we end up being a slave to it. You've got to remember that a lot of these social media companies, we end up being the product, our time. And I watched a very interesting documentary. I'm sure some of you have watched it called The Social Dilemma. Uh, I forced my kids to watch it, and they're like, oh, Dad. Um, but it really is uh, eye-opening. Go, go watch it. And you see even what's happening right now with WhatsApp, and you're getting that pop-up, uh, you know, to agree to the terms and conditions. Make sure you read the terms and conditions before you click agree. I'm not telling you to move from WhatsApp or stay on WhatsApp, but we are being uh, like, we like little puppets here. So it's really scary what's happening in the world around us. So go watch The Social Dilemma. Listen to what uh, Carrie Neewolf uh, said. She says, like money, social media is a great servant, but a horrible master. It's a great servant, but a horrible master. And look at what Paul says in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 6. He speaks about this. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. He says it again, but... I will not be mastered by anything. He was choosing right then and there to only have Christ as his master. He won't be mastered by anything that he needs to do or has to do. See, the power of Christ in me should be bigger than anything else. The power of Christ in us should be bigger than 
the food we eat or that addiction that we have or perhaps we, we kind of feel tempted to look at something. The power of Christ should be bigger than all those things. The power of Christ should be bigger than this and technology and our time, all these things. Talking a little bit about a phone, Jin says, I'm attached to this. Look, it, I do do everything from it. I mean, it's amazing that everything happens here, but I do need to get better at putting it down, and I have got better, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't pick it up if I'm, or try not to, with friends or you're out to dinner. It's nice to put it face down so you don't see all the notifications. I turn off all my notifications. Um, I silence many groups. I do have some WhatsApp notifications, but, I mean, we do need to get better in this, and just go to your screen time, and you can start to see if you need to get better. I'm sure uh, Google phones, Android phones have, have a similar alternative to see where you're spending your time. But I came across this and I adapted it slightly. This is really funny. Top seven ways to know you might be addicted to social media. You plan your throwbacks a week in advance. Now some of you buddies are going, what is a throwback? Okay, on Thursdays people, uh, you know, post a picture of like a, a memory, uh, like a way back and it's called, you know, throwback Thursday or a throwback. So you plan those a week in advance. Your cat or your dog has its own Instagram page. Three, you look forward to going to the toilet so you can catch up on your feed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I was thinking about this, uh, you know, sometimes when you get off the toilet, not that you can see, but you might have a ring around your bum. <laughs> and I was thinking of the water buck, and it's a really funny animal, and it's got this, like, uh, toilet seat shape, you know, on its bum. Uh, but that's what happens when you look forward to going to the toilet because you just want to catch up on your social media feed. Okay, four, you change your Facebook profile or WhatsApp status more than a 12-year-old. There's a little bit of laughing going on in the auditorium, yeah. Number five, you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear. Do you know that many people sleep with their phones? It's true. You say sorry, not sorry, or hashtag just saying in real life. It's a little uh, irritation of mine when someone goes hashtag just saying. I don't know. It's like, it's also, it's, it's past its sell by date now, okay? Number seven, and this is a very real one and actually not a joke. You have anxiety over what you're going to post next. People literally do. They're like, oh, okay, what am I going to post next? What, what image do I need to portray? What am I going to write that's going to go with that? It is a serious, serious issue. And do you know that doctors are dealing with a new issue that has only arisen in the last 10 years, 20 years? It's called nomophobia. And it is a fear of being away from your phones. It's a real, real fear. It's a fear of being disconnected. Nomophobia. It's funny that it's no it, sh it should be no more phone. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but nomophobia. And studies have shown, listen to these stats, they're pretty scary. 66% of people feel anxiety without their phone. Or if their battery's dead, or if they get that little red and showing you got 1% left, or lose connection, no Wi-Fi. You know, I'll never forget this. We got to Mozambique. We're in the middle of nowhere. And one of the, the families that came along with us, a little kid came up to me. He says, hey, what's the Wi-Fi code? I was like, bro, if you look outside, there's bush. There, there, there's, there's no signal here, buddy. There's no Wi-Fi, nothing. Okay, no Wi-Fi code. But people feel anxiety because of the death disconnection. Listen to this. It rises to 77% from 18 to 24-year-olds. 77 percent of 18 to 24 year olds feel this anxiety. And some of you may say, who are these people? I even asked, like, who are these people? And I know some of you are saying, geez, that's me. Okay. But it was quite funny, even before looking at these stats last week, uh, I was in the office and I had to go across here to Maytime. 
and uh, I got in the car and I was driving and then I, I was, went to get out the car and I, I only had my wallet on me. I was like, where's my phone? I had left my phone in the office. And it, it was quite amusing because like, uh, do I need it? Don't I? And funny enough, like I was thinking, no, but I need it because I'm working out something. We've got to get some computers fixed and I actually needed the calculator. So I know there's some practical stuff about it, but it, 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 was, it was quite amusing that, you know, God would allow that little thing to happen, you know, just as I'm preaching this because I've got to practice what I preach, right? And my wife's probably saying, yes, you need to practice what you preach. She just said a yes right now. But um, we all struggle with this. Most people do. But we have to learn to master this thing as opposed to let it master us. How's these stats? 58% of people don't go one waking hour without checking their phone. You can actually see the amount of pickups on your phone if you go into it. 59% check email as it comes in and 89% check it daily and on holiday. 80% of teenagers sleep with their phones in the bed. Sleep with it. Not next to the bed, in the bed. In case they don't, well in case they miss something. So the notification, the little vibration will wake them up. This is a real stat, guys. 80% of people. 84% of people believe they couldn't go one day without their phones. I reckon there would be less people that think they could go one day without water. So a question I want to ask you, and it's unfortunate that you're not in the auditorium with us today, but how many of you, be honest now, and even sitting in your room there, because you might have your family around you, be honest. How many of you check your phone the last thing at night and check it first thing in the morning? Okay, we've got some honest people here in the auditorium. Lift it up, and I know some of your spouses are nudging you. Say, lift up your hand, lift up your hand. Kids, if you're watching this with your parents, hit them. Okay, no, don't hit them. Just maybe nudge them. Say, you need to put up your hand. Because you, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. But the problem is, is that it's causing an inability for us to shut down on the inside because our brains are always running. And just before we go to bed, there's a message that comes through or an email that comes through or a post that you see. And now all of a sudden your brain is active, especially if it worries you or it makes you feel jealous or it's something you've got to do and then you've got to get out your notifications or your to-do list and then you can't go to sleep because your brain's going. Guys, we have to learn how to master this thing. And there's some amazing uh, apps available now where, uh, you know, it speaks about, you know, shutdown time or it, um, you know, teaches you how to do sleep time or do not disturb. All those things. You need to look into those things. Because if we don't, we're going to end up not being in the moment. You don't need a post, like, and write a whole long post when you're with those friends. Do it a little bit later. The temptation is always there to post it straight away. I mean, an Insta story every now and again, that's cool. I enjoy my Insta stories, and uh, a lot of people uh, message say they enjoy, you know, seeing my kids getting up to, uh, you know, crazy games. But um, that's okay. But just, guys, we just need to master this thing. You know, and often what happens is when our brains are currently uh, constantly racing, we end up being short with our spouses and our kids and our colleagues and our friends because of what's going on in here. So I think after that introduction, all of us would acknowledge that our body needs rest. Our minds need rest. Our soul needs rest. And remember what I said right up front, Christ in me. We won't be master by anything. We have to allow Christ in us to master these things. I believe that God has a special rest in Christ. And it only comes in Christ. And listen to what Hebrews 
chapter 4 says. It says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. There's obviously an eternal rest that we will get one day. You know, when people say rest and peace, there's an, <laughs> there's an eternity resting in God. But I believe that we can also rest here on earth in peace. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. He's reminding us of what it said in Genesis. So let us do our best to enter that rest. We're going to do our best to enter it. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. That's just the reality. We will fall. We have to do our best to enter this special rest. Do your best to listen to these words today. Do your best to put them into practice, as James says. And I believe that we can only um, have this special rest in God because, listen to this, St. Augustine said this, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Just read that again on the screen. It's until our soul is rest, uh, uh, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. It's powerful. And I said I'd come to the scripture of Rhythms of Grace, and I'll just quickly read in two versions. Um, this is Jesus speaking here. Uh, Jesus practiced rest. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And I love the way it puts it in the message. Are you tired? Are you worn out? It's January, and some of you are saying yes. Burned out on religion even. I was chatting to a friend the other day, and they were just like a little tired of church. I was trying to encourage them, and sometimes we can get caught up in, you know, doing the things. You know, I think church is really important, community is really important, but sometimes if we do it out of works or out of effort and, and we feel obligation and guilt, then we do get tired of it. Come to me, Jesus says. Come away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. That's why I believe there is a spiritual rest that God can offer us. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting uh, Ill on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Don't you love that? That's Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the message. Okay. Some of you are saying, okay, Hilton, please, could you get to some practical stuff, some positive stuff, make us feel good about ourselves, or just help us. Um, so what do we need to do? Now, you've got to understand, right now, right here, online, can be a life-defining moment. You can either go and continue as you usually do, okay, or you can make a change. It's that simple. And you have the power of that. Don't let anything else master you. You have control of that with Christ working in and through you, Him giving you strength. So decide today to make a change. And I'm literally going to give you two points, really. How do we find this rest? Number one, be still. It's that simple. Be still. And I know some of you struggle with this because you aren't wired like that. I know for my wife, she often struggles with this and has had to learn just to be still. Sometimes she feels guilty, you know, if she's not busy doing something. And I know there's so much to do. We've got four kids, and as you know, life is full. She's taken on a new role here. School, it's, it's crazy. But you have to learn to be still. I've, I've tried to learn to get better at that. Just, it's okay. Do you know what's quite amusing? Has someone ever phoned you when you're just taking a little rest or a nap? And you, you try your best to like <clears throat> gather yourself and answer like that you're not like, in, a, like a, a, in cloud nine. You know, you go, yeah, hello. And then straight away they say, sorry, did I wake you? 
And what do you say? No, 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 don't worry. No, no, I wasn't. You immediately defend yourself. Like you think it's bad to having, be having a sleep, especially in the day. Or on your day off. Let's start a culture where if someone phones us while we're sleeping, well, first of all, maybe just ignore the call unless it's an emergency. But if you do feel you need to answer it, say hello. And they say, did I wake you? Say, yeah, but it's, a, it's okay. I was sleeping, but it's fine. Be honest. We, why aren't we authentic? Learn to be still. I mean, Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. I think one of the ways that we can actually get to know God is if we stop and be still. Have you ever been around a small kid that is just going berserk? Like at a family function or at a party or in a shop and they're just jumping up and down going crazy. You can't believe how much energy they have. If you've got a two or three year old right now, you know what I'm talking about. There's some arms going up even in here today. Some of you are saying, I'm married to one of those. They can't be still. And you just want to say, sit down. And you don't want to say, shut up, okay? Sit down, you know, be quiet. You know, we, we give those commands as parents. What if God is telling us just to, just to sit down, be, be still? Are you going to listen? A funny story, I was, uh, we were in Shanghai as the band, and we met up with a, an Australian friend of ours who was also doing some gigs there. And he's a pretty direct Aussie. Uh, some of you may have watched him on that Instagram open chapel we did during lockdown. His name's Scott Dollar, and, and he's funny. And he's, a, he's quite a strict kind of guy, even with his kids, and he's just black and white, right? And there was this kid in this room where we were all staying and this kid was going crazy man it was playing a flute running around just making a noise and all of us wanted to say shut up but we couldn't you know because it's not our kid but out of nowhere after about a couple minutes of this noise and craziness he just shouts in true Aussie fashion oi that's gotta stop now <laughs> like just like that and <laughs> this kid's eyes just got so big and uh, to our amazement I mean he, I don't know he just disappeared we never saw him again but I, I kind of just think, isn't God saying, Oi, that's got to stop. That's got to stop now. You know, the Bible speaks about a Sabbath. Uh, the, the original word is Shabbat. Shabbat, Shabbat. And it, and it means stopping or to cease. I heard someone once say it's a spirit of restfulness as opposed to a spirit of restlessness. A spirit of restfulness as opposed to a spirit of restlessness. It's a holy day, and we really need to make an effort, guys. We don't have to be legalistic or law-abiding with this thing, but we really need to make an effort to have a downtime. A lot of you guys who maybe aren't involved or, or work full-time for a church from a Saturday, I think it's good it starts in the evening. You know, Saturday evening through to Sunday evening, do a full 24 hours. If you can't do that right now, start somewhere. Start with the morning. You know, some of the readings I've been doing, they say it's different to actually a day off. It's like where you're doing errands and running around. It's actually just to chill a little bit. Uh, I'll give you some more stuff in a moment, what it means, but just to make special attention of this unique day. This is what it, it means. You know, it says in the, in the uh, Ten Commandments, it says, remember, kind of like take note. It's a special, uh, the, some versions say observe. It's a, it's a special day. Guys, for some of you saying, no, that's legalistic law. We live out of a constant rest. I get that in God's grace. But then are we law-abiding or legal if we celebrate someone's birthday or we've just had Christmas? You know, is that religious? No, we, we celebrate because we enjoy it. It's a special day. We give attention to it. Just like an anniversary, you celebrate it and you give attention to it. It's a healthy practice. It's not law. And I think it's a healthy spiritual discipline. Jesus even practiced it. 
And do you know that our seven-day calendar that God created for us has never been bettered? Do you know in the French Revolution, they tried to change our world system calendar to a 10-day kind of work cycle to try and up uh, production. And it was an absolute disaster. It was chaos. People were burnt out. People got anxious. It, it was crazy. And the seven-day calendar, working six, resting one, no one's bettered it. Like many of the teachings of Jesus and that we see in the Bible, it's, it's healthy, it's good. I said earlier that I listened to some John Markoma um, podcasts. And for him, he, he's a guru on this stuff. And he was saying for him, a Sabbath is this. It's stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping. So stopping, stop working, stop worrying even. And even stop wanting, like making a plan. I need to do this, I need to do that. Just stop. Then resting, rest your mind, rest your body, your spirit, catch up on some sleep, even hanging out with friends or doing something out in nature, all those things are healthy. This last week we were in the Berg, it was amazing, every day I ran up to um, hippo pools. And, and just swam in the river. I, it was incredible. The one day, uh, myself and Jin and um, my cousins, we, we just, there's this rock that's almost shaped like a, like a lounger. I sat in the middle, or lay down in the middle of the river, and I had a, a stream each side, and it was like stereo. It was incredible. It was better than any song, and the sun was shining. The rhino peak was in the distance, and it really, we just rested there for like half an hour to an hour. It was just incredible. We've got to learn to do that. So resting. Then, Three, delighting, celebrating God's goodness. You know, and there's so many good things that He's given us. Um, uh, I heard someone once say that there's a term called pleasure stacking. All the good things that God has given us, like stack it together, like we do on an anniversary or kid's birthday. Okay, what do you want to do? You want to go for breakfast here? You want to go go-karting there? You want to go watch a movie? You want to go for dinner there? We want to go down to the beach and ride on you know, the beachfront with a, with a bike. Whatever, those are pleasure stacking. Eat some incredible food. Have a good coffee. That is delighting. Those are all the good things God has given us. And we have to learn to do that and delight in the goodness of God. And then worshiping, he believes, is so important and part of the Sabbath. And that's why uh, church is often on a Sunday because our worship is part of You don't have to worship here, just here on a Sunday. I think worship is a lifestyle. But be intentional to worship. Put on a, a worship record. But worship is not just about singing, but it's also about just having gratitude, centering your attention around God and just being grateful. Thank you, God. Spending a moment just praying. We're going to look more into that during this series. So stopping, resting, delighting, worshipping. Is, is this helpful? I know you can't answer me. Hopefully it's helpful. Um, there's a story of a guy that had to go to counseling because they said he was addicted to adrenaline. He was just like, one of those guys just kept going, kept going. He was actually a workaholic. And this guy said to him, and he was paying like $100 an hour for the session. He said, you need to just stop for five minutes a day. And he was like, is that you bringing me out to just tell me? He said, I actually feel anxious with you even just giving me that advice. Like, what do you mean stop? He says, just stop and do nothing for five minutes. He's like, you're joking. I need, I've got stuff I need to do. And I get up, I eat, I will go exercise and I do this. It's a routine. He says, just stop for five minutes a day. Just five. Stop with five where you're completely still. And we did that the other day as a staff in our staff room just before the Christmas rush. I said, guys, let's just stop for five minutes. Because before we have our meeting and plan what we need to, let's just be still for five minutes. And we all closed our eyes in our meeting room upstairs and we kept quiet. And I said, take a moment just to try and drown out the traffic driving past, but start to listen to the Christmas beetles and the birds. And 
I mean, it, it, sometimes these things seem a little nerdy or a little bit silly, right? But it's so important just to stop, just to let your ears open up to God around us, and God might just speak. Psalm 131.2 says, Instead, it's almost like a fight back to the world system, instead, have a calmed and quiet Quieten, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. What, what amazing imagery. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Quieten yourself like that. Allow God to quieten you like that. You know, just with all that's going on, I know. Like you got, some of you may be thinking right now, I've got, I've got, I've got lunch plans, I've got to do this, I've got, I've got to collect something, or uh, I've got my take-a-lot order, there's a, there's a return I need to do. <laughs> you know, so, oh, maybe someone might have posted something on Facebook that I need to see. I, I know, that race is on in all of our minds. I, I, I've got some stuff I need to do tomorrow. I've got some admin I need to do. But don't be mastered by those things. Just take the time to be still. You don't have time not to be still. Now remember, I said to you, I love efficiency. I love things to work. And my nature actually is, is to go. I'm, I'm competitive by nature. Uh, I, I said this before, but whenever Jin and I are somewhere in separate cars and we go home, there's always this little unofficial race. It happens all the time, you know. Um, I always went, um, I'm not competitive. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I'm competitive by nature. And actually... I know I need to get better at this, but when I'm driving the road, honestly, I'm always looking for the fastest route. I'm going to go into the left lane, go into the right. I know some of you are hating on me right now and saying, are oh, you that person? I'm like, I'm just, for me, things need to work properly. And I'm always trying to, and I think there is value in that because life is short in many ways and we want to make things efficient and work. But I have to learn, and John Ortberg speaks about this, he says, deliberately slow things down just to, just to learn and to teach you something. Yesterday I got back from my run and I was about to kick my shoes off. You know when you just kick them off like that? And I was like, no, no, let me undo my laces and take my shoes off properly. Just little things like that. Choose the slow lane sometimes. And, I, and I'm trying, guys. I really, I'm, very, I'm actually a really patient person, but on the road I just find myself impatient. Jin's nodding her head. Choose the slow lane. Choose the cue. Maybe next time you're at Spa or Woolworths that has the most people just to help you. Because maybe you might end up just chatting to someone or meet someone instead of trying to find the quickest in and out, in and out. Go, go, go. I know some of you are identifying this and you're saying, thank you, Hilton, this message is for me today. Deliberately slow down. There's a trend, actually, and not that we're going to get rid of all technology, but to go back to analog. I've got a record player at home, and I love that because... It, it's so nice. You, it takes time. You can't just quickly push shuffle on your Apple Music and choose your whole music library there. You've got to get up. You've got to choose the record, take it out, clean it sometimes, open up the turntable, put it on there, you know, adjust the speed, let it start spinning, and, uh, and then, then the music comes out. And it's awesome. There's this crackle. And the crazy thing about records is it has like six songs aside. And then after 20 minutes, the music stops. And then you've got to get back up and you've got to go turn the record over. But there's something quite therapeutic about that. There's something quite nice about that. Just going back to the simple life in many ways. Guys, as this world speeds up, please force yourself. Okay, but first, we need to take the time to be still. And I, I was laughing at myself yesterday because I was listening to one of these podcasts. And I'm listening to it at 1.5 speed. So you can actually speed up podcasts or speed up books to get through it quicker. And I was like, oh, God, what are you saying? So who wants to try with me as I'm starting to come to a close, taking five minutes a day, just to be quiet. Start your day just with five minutes before you look at your phone. 
just lie in bed or maybe get up. Okay, maybe you can go to the toilet first. But find a space and just sit for five minutes and just listen. God might want to just say something to you. I, I would suggest don't even open your Bible app because you might see a notification. Just be quiet. Listen. Anyone want to do that with me? I believe that we'll enjoy some peace that we've never seen before. Don't even ask God for anything. Just be still. Be thankful. Be still and know that I am God. Take a moment right now. Feels awkward, eh? Some of you saying, Hilton, are you going to say something more? It just feels weird sometimes, but you've got to force yourself to do it. And then lastly, as I come to a close, is if we want to be intentional with these things to be still, we have to make a plan. And just very quickly, it says here, Proverbs 13, 16, a wise man thinks ahead. A fool doesn't and even brags about it. We brag about being busy. We all do it. But a wise man thinks ahead. Some of you say, ah, it's no big deal. My life's full. You know, it's crazy. I'll be okay. I beg to differ. You might just end up hurting some relationships. And I know Jin's also been telling me this for, for a while, and we, we, we need to do it soon, is just to be more intentional with time off and plan our holidays and just things like that and, and get together and just look at the calendar and plan ahead. Be intentional, whether it's even just family dinners. And, and I know, guys, we we all in the boat together. It's hard, but we have to plan ahead. Make a plan. I will not be mastered by anything but Christ. And just as I end, maybe here's some practical things. Just I think there's a defensive things you can do, <clears throat> and there's some offensive things you can do. Uh, or offensive, not offensive, like as in I offend you. But um, maybe just say no phone during the mealtime. We try and do that with our kids. If we somewhere or dinner, put the phone away. Okay. No phone after 10 at night, maybe. I don't know. Put the night mode setting on. Maybe for those of you who are kind of in charge or boss of big companies and you have a PA or assistant, maybe just say, you know what, can I leave my phone with you just for an hour? If there's an urgent call or if it's my wife or my husband, you can sort that out. I don't know. Maybe try that. Maybe some of you need to take a social media holiday. We're going to be fasting the first week of February. Start to think about that. I remember once doing that where I was like, God, if I can't fast social media for a month, then it's a problem. And I did and it was great. And actually what ends up happening is it has a, sometimes when you learn to be without something and choose a different way of doing something, it has a reverse effect. You start to enjoy it more being without it. I know that's been true for Jim. Maybe you just need to take a month-long break on social media. But then there's some strategy here. I think uh, be intentional. Maybe say, well, five hours on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, we're going to do this as a family or as an individual, whatever it is, just set it aside. Uh, I think be intentional with Bible reading, guys. Okay, but first, yes, out of rest, we need to be intentional with things because it's in God that we find rest. You know, find a version Bible app. Uh, maybe spend five minutes of solitude a day, as I said. Be consistent in your prayer time. Have a worshipful spirit, a worshipful heart where we're taking time to be grateful, to take things in, being self-aware, just being in the moment. A lot of people, a lot of experts are talking about just sometimes closing your eyes for a few seconds just to, just to reflect. I've got a friend that does that often, and while I'm even talking to him, he just closes his eyes. <laughs> it's weird. I'm like, you're falling asleep? Just, just taking a moment just to take that in. Maybe go outside. See a sunset. I love sunsets. And resist the urge to take a picture and post it straight away. 
Okay, maybe you can post it later. Because I think that sometimes you don't need likes for something God wanted you to love. God wanted you to love it right there in the moment. You created for more than this. More than this. Heads down. Take a moment to rest. And as I end today, listen to these powerful words from Jeremiah. It says, yeah, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. I said you would be at a crossroads. We need to choose. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Take a moment. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. I love that. Some versions say, ask God for the ancient paths. We need to go back to some old ways here, I think, before we just get taken over. All like zombies and robots just following a world system. It's all here in the Word of God, guys. Ask. Ask God right now. Ask God for the, old, for the godly way. Walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Do you want rest for your souls? Ask God for the godly way. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. And we often end up doing it. It's your choice. So I want to pray and close today. And I know some of you have been challenged by this. Let's take a moment. Let's ask God for the ancient paths, the godly way, and ask him to help us because we all need help. So Father, we thank you so much for this message. A real challenge uh, to me today in the beginning of the year. Okay, first, rest. And if you've been challenged by this message today, just take a moment right now between you and God. I know you're probably thinking, should I just turn this off now? I've got maybe having breakfast yet or make a coffee. Just take a moment right now. And kids included, if you're watching this today and you're a teenager or young adult, just take a moment. Ask God. Say, God, would you help me in this area? Show me the ancient paths, the old roads. I need to get back to some basics here. Give me the strength, God, to walk through with what you're telling me to do at this crossroads today. Help me, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit. And then as I end this prayer, I just want to pray a, a quick brief prayer for anyone joining us today. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you just jumped onto the feed. You're watching on my watch party and you're like, oh, this is cool. Is this what church is like? Yeah, this is church. It's just no one's in the auditorium right now. And you've been challenged by the word. You've you know, heard the worship today and you're like, I feel something. Like, almost like God's stirring my soul. That, that is God. And he wants to bring you home today. And he wants to help you with what you've been challenged about today. But you first got to open the door of your heart to him. So right now, where you are, pray this prayer with me. If you want to say, God, I want to give you my life. I want to give up on the way I'm being doing things. I want to look at the old ways and the ways that you want me to do life. Pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Jesus, from today, I give my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. And from today, Lord, I give up and I surrender to your will and to your way. Come and live in my heart and change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. Come and live in my heart by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take a moment now as we end the service and then Cole's going to come up and wrap it up. It's a beautiful song called Be Still. And the temptation is right now, um, it's four minutes past, shorter than normal services. Just take a moment just to let the words of the song just minister to you. Just sit where you are right now and allow God to cement and to seal what has been said today. And then Cole will come and wrap up the service. Enjoy this. <laughs>